Today on the show, where have all the young people gone, how to find them, and what to do to get them back into the pews. The Catholic Underground starts right now. That's right. You have hit the play button on The Catholic Underground, a podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. This is episode number 447 for those of you who are still keeping some kind of count track. And no, I am not Father Chris Decker. I am Kathleen Lee. Father Chris is uh, on assignment, entertaining some, some priests from out of town. And so he has left it to our capable hands, let's say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope you're still wearing black. I know. Well, I, I usually do wear black. I don't wear a lot of, you know, a lot of colors. But tonight we have, sitting in with us, we have, of course, um, Olivia Galino, teacher extraordinaire, Aww. Kevin extraordinaire. Thank you. You're so, like, you're so you. sweet. So glad to have you back. I'm happy to be back. I know. I was gone for a couple weeks. I know. Don't ever do that again. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for our third spot, we have uh, Tyler Trahan, director of the Franciscan Experience at Fran U here in Baton Rouge. Good to have you. Always good to be here. Tyler is usually sitting in for me, so it's good to have, like, to be That's with true. you. That's true. Yeah, that is Aww. true. Look, Look at, at us. us. Oh. <laughs> oh. Together at last. Okay. Yes. And so then, of course, up on the Jeff Star One, we have the one, the only commander in chief, Jeff Blackwell. How are you doing? The man. I am still baptized, Kathleen. Yes, indeed. Do you have enough snacks up there? You have enough snacks? We are. We're good. We're. In fact, I, I have some beaver nuggets from. Those are so good. Yeah, from uh, Bucky's. Uh, so, yes, yeah, sir. I, I'm good to go. Yes, indeed. And of course, um, switching all the video. Uh, you've never seen him, but he's there. Ed Ball is in the ball pit. But I mean, I, I expect yes. him to answer, but he can't. I know. So um, we should like. I don't know for a fundraiser or something like auction off a picture of ed or something yeah oh. you know what he reminds me of that guy who is on um what was that home improvement and oh, the, oh, yeah. the neighbor who's always yeah. behind the yeah. fence you know that is literally the second time today mm. that i have needed to come up with his that exact person's name his name is wilson i don't know yeah. why i know uh -oh. that and why All it right. is so readily on my mind but there we go well today there it is. Today's the day for that information. Speaking of that information, you would know that if you were of, I believe, our generation. And we were talking about what are some things that, uh, you know, that we might want to talk about um, together while we have the three of us here. And we all have some experience with uh, youth and young adult ministry. And so um, there's been this rise in what they're calling the, quote unquote, the nuns, mm -hmm. right? And at first, like somebody was talking about this and I was like, there's a lot. There's a lot of religious. Sister. What's going on, yeah. right? That now the nuns. Um, Brandon Vaught. We've talked about him many, many times. He has a uh, a really cool article on you know using some stats talking about the nuns. Now we talk about nuns being N O N E S, and these oh. are um, young young adults, right? Or people who um, don't identify with any specific religion. And so we thought we'd talk about that uh, in terms of young adults. Um, and why there is this big disconnect from uh, what I always thought was high school, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, when people left high school and went to college and when they wanted to come back and get, uh, get either married or baptize their own children in the church. But what I'm finding, especially in, in teaching junior high kids, is that this starts way before, yeah. Yeah. way, way before. And so we thought we'd spend some time talking about 
who are these people where have they gone and how do we get them back uh you know as active members of the church now brendan has um in his article he cites the public religion research institute a 2016 um you know um what's it what was study study yeah Yeah. the survey uh, for young adults between the ages of 18 and 29. Now, when I did young adult ministry, it was like 18 to 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to go ahead for the purpose of tonight's conversation because yeah. everybody's young at heart. Uh, for the purpose of tonight's conversation, we're going to talk about between 18 and 29. So mm-hmm. people who are in their 20s and 30s. Um, and so he lays it out because there are some really interesting stats on who these people are, why they're leaving, where are they going. Um, and these kinds of things. And so, you know, if you are a young adult, this episode is for you. If you are not a young adult, this episode is Absolutely. for you. Yeah. Because I believe that, um, you know, and now I'm gonna go a little bit off the rails for a minute, uh, but I believe, and we can maybe kind of throw this around, that I think too many times we try to, within the church, um, section off specific ministries, specific groups of people, and be like, okay, well, this is, Oh, yeah. When I was working with young adults, you know, I had so many people that were like, well, young adults are really college and 20s. And then the older young adults were like, young adults are really people with babies and families. And I was like, yeah. okay, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so I don't know, like, what do, you, what do you think when we talk about, you know, one of my questions is when do you, bec- when do you stop becoming a young adult? I mean, I think it's tricky because... I mean, I, and I had this difficulty when I worked for the diocese, like trying to plan young adult events right. and things. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, you want to plan something that people actually want to go to and that's actually going to meet people's needs and things. Right. But you do have a lot of like demographics and stuff to meet, but then you run the risk of like being super specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also just realizing that like at, when you get down to it, like someone who is single and 25 can hang out with someone who is married and 35 with three kids right and they can be friends and get like one of my really good friends is in her 40s and has four kids and like we have plenty to talk about you know what i mean like so um i think that it it should be not always is but it should be less about like the demographic issues and more about like the interests Mm -hmm. you know yeah but it ends up being like, I, I kind of like laugh to myself, like when I go into a church and I look in the bulletin and it's like, all right, well, the meeting for like this Bible study that's for like young single women, 18 to 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think there's, uh, I, I think there's a kind of a movement um, right now, a very slow movement, I might mm-hmm. add, on that integrative approach to evangelization, yeah. where it's not so much about, the the 18 to 29 and this is what this particular like yes there may be some very like niches that Mm -hmm. would meet that particular demographic based off of maybe their life experiences what they're going through but even that even still there's that opportunity where i've been seeing a lot of conversation happening in the church where it's the intergenerational right um modes of evangelization where it's you know um like perfect example a marriage prep like you have um um, an engaged couple that will get matched with an older couple yeah. that you know can kind of be a mentor to them, and um, but then I'm also thinking about events um, that you guys kind of brought back whenever you work in the diocese, theology on tap, mm-hmm. which is a big young right. adult movement mm-hmm. yeah. across the country, um, where that's kind of a 
yeah, like you could you could be 50 years old right. and yeah. attend a theology on tap, especially if it's something that is relative to maybe where you are in your faith at that right. particular point. Yeah. And I mean, it's theology, so anyone can learn theology right. no matter where you are. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering too if we don't like try to cater so so much that people are are we lose the the encounter with yeah just the mm-hmm. church. Well, mm. and and like this is gonna be a terrible analogy, but like. So I I listen to like lots of you know kind of esoteric music, but anyway, um, some of the, like the best concerts I've ever been to have not been the ones that have like tons of people who like look right. like me mm-hmm. and are like my age in the crowd. Right. Some of the best concerts I've ever been to were concerts where like the people in the crowd were like in their forties, yeah. and it's not because like the band necessarily is like I don't know the Eagles or whatever, mm. right, yeah. but it's just because it's like you know, maybe they just happened to like find this band or something like, and they just got into it or like for whatever reason, this is, you know, why they decided to be there tonight, whatever. And it ends up being just a very like calm, cool, chill experience for Mm -hmm. everyone. Right. And like, I think that that's something where like, if I wasn't open to that because I'm like, well, you know, this isn't my scene. Mm -hmm. This is uncool. Right. None of these people have anything to, to relate to me about. Mm -hmm. Well, then it it might be something that I choose to be isolated about. Mm -hmm. But if we don't look at other people as like that, right. Like an opportunity to, um, you know, be isolated from or, uh, or look at people purely demographically. Right. Um, which I think we can tend to do, especially in ministry because we're, we're so like used to our studies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we, we might lose sight of the person and the opportunity for like true encounter, which is really the whole point. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. right. And especially for those people that are, I mean, like for me, I mean, to be judged, like I'm 30 years old, I'm about to turn 31 in less than a month. Mm-hmm. Like I'm approaching kind of that blurred line between who considers me a young adult, Um, you know, I'm single, not dating, you know, but, you know, discerning marriage, but like, so even like opportunities for me to grow in my faith, which is labeled for young adults. Right. Wait, so am I actually welcome now? Because like, do they still consider me a young adult? And so I think to Olivia's point, you know, there could be opportunities where it's not so much about demographic as it is as much interest, you know, like what are some particular themes of the faith that really interest you and whenever the opportunity comes up um and then also you know just kind of where you are in your vocational state yeah. right you know yeah. um so there can be opportunities to maybe cater more to a vocational state maybe than to demographic yeah yeah so before we get into some more conversation about you know about what this looks like let's let's get some cold hard numbers out of this pew because it's very interesting now we can look at some of these numbers and be very disheartened and it is um you know we when we look at them they're not fun numbers but there's always hope and we'll talk about that you know by the end of end of the show so don't despair just know right that if we need to look at um at these numbers and to see the reality you know i'm, I'm a big believer in you know if if you have um you know if, if you have some kind of disease it's better to say I got a disease. Let's mm-hmm. look at it. Then they say, but there's no disease here. Mm-hmm. And then you end up in all kinds of trouble. So who are the former Catholics and the nuns, right? Uh, 10% of American adults are now former Catholics. And so when Catholics leave the church, they become you know, a myriad of different things. But 49% of those who leave the church um, become you know, nuns or the unaffiliated or no religion. So that's almost half of those who leave the church 
um, don't affiliate with any other kind of religion. It's not like they're leaving to um, to convert to some other Christian denomination. Um, so 25% of Americans today identify as the nun, and um, now it's the largest religious group in America, which is mm-hmm. interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, 21% of the nuns were raised unaffiliated, so they they were unaffiliated and are still unaffiliated, while 28% were raised Catholics and are now unaffiliated. And I find that fascinating that it's specifically were raised Catholic, not just yeah. like we're raised Christian right. or something. Mm-hmm. Like we're raised, or like even monotheist, like we're raised Catholic. Right. That's right. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 39% of young adults, so those between the, the ages of 18 and 29, are none. That's uh, more than three times the, per, the rate of none seniors who are 65 and older. Um, and today's young adults are four times more likely to be none than young adults in the previous generation, four times, right? And they just, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know, like, you know, that's, that's really interesting to me. And we'll talk about, you know, why some of these, some of these people, you know, choose that. Um, but four times, that's a, that's a lot. That is a lot. Now, um, we, we talk, there are three types of nuns that they talk about, which is this, this I thought was really interesting because it talks about, you know, it's just not that they throw their hands up with religion, but there are 58% of them are what is known as rejectionists, mm-hmm. and that religion is not personally mm-hmm. important, and religion actually does more harm than good in their thought process. Um, 22%, I'm going to get this so wrong, um, path, apathists, so they're apathetic, right? Uh, religion is no, not apathist. personally important. Right, but it's generally helpful in society. That's what they believe, right? It's not important to me personally, but it it's helpful to society to have some kind of religious belief. Um, and then you have 18% who are um, considered unattached believers. That religion is not pers- it re- excuse me, religion is personally important and it's generally helpful to society. So they believe in something um, and it's helpful to society. And so these are kind of the three main types of what we're considering nuns today. Now, there's also um, a lot of reasons why uh, why they're leaving, we're gonna get to that in a minute, but when are they leaving is what, you know, what I think is important to talk about. Because, like I said at the beginning of the show, I always thought that, you know, young adults were going to find themselves. Mm -hmm. And what I'm finding, and I think we all have experience in this as well, is that um, they're leaving way before that. We we were talking about before the show, um, you know, my my personal belief uh, is that I would love to see what um, moving confirmation back to eighth grade would do, mm-hmm. because I think that by junior year uh, we have lost a lot of young people. Yeah, and I think because I think one of the things that kind of tripped me over whenever I was thinking of these statistics is, you know, logically I guess in my mind yeah. it's thinking about the transition from high school to college, like that's where young people experience the most change, maybe moving out of their families, a yeah. whole different dynamic and everything. That is where the the nun generation, right. that's where you would see the most fallout. But it's so interesting how that with no um, climate, uh, no, that's the wrong word to say, but um, there's no dramatic changes going on in their life. Right that would prompt them to sure. make this dramatic change. So it's just very interesting yeah. to me. And I mean, looking to it like, you know, cause essentially what we're talking about is like restoring 
like something closer to like the the order the traditional order of the sacraments like mm-hmm. in the the ages at which that would happen um and and really like you know the third grade would be like when someone like in the restored order of the sacraments would like receive confirmation um and like the reality is like it's about the, like, the grace of confirmation like right. and it's mm-hmm. like it's not just about like receiving like the the education and like the catechesis and that's all good you know hopefully but it's also just about like the 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 grace that is strengthened and is excuse me sealed right in that sacrament and that is um perpetuated by the eucharist right Mm -hmm. and then um reconciled by confession things like that um so that the communion that we are being drawn into in the sacrament sacraments of initiation which confirmation is the the final one that that communion bond is being solidified at such a young age and that i mean that it solidifies you as a member of the church militant and makes you a warrior for christ and that's such a like a pivotal identity for for a child um and for a person and so like but that but that grace right coming back to my point that grace is so important and like to i mean i think that you're right like to to wait until a child is yeah. you know in their teenage years past the point when they're already because i mean what's the the median age of disaffiliation is like 13 yeah right mm-hmm. ba- past the point when they're basically saying like you know, I might be made to go to church or I might right, be made right, right. to go to different things, but like mentally, intellectually, I've said sayonara. Right. And like grace is real. We yeah. either believe yeah. that or we yeah. don't. Right. And we need, we need that grace ourselves and we need that for our kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, my experience with, with six, six and eighth graders now, you know, I'm looking at them and they're, you're right. They have already right you know, that that is the age they're around 13 years old and some of them are like okay yeah <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and there, there are many many reasons why um and we could talk about those uh till we're blue in the face right and we we will a little bit but while we have you we'd like to remind you that you are listening to the catholic underground <laughs> get better at transitions. You're doing fabulous. Yeah, I'm like, great. transition time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much. You are listening to the Catholic Underground. We're so glad that you have found us today. I am your host tonight, Kathleen Lee. Um, joined by Tyler Trahan. Trahan. Yes. Trahan. 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 I've been lied to. <laughs> I just literally made Tyler sit down one time and just be like, all right, teach me. <laughs> teach me your ways. It's like, it's a whole like yeah, muscle thing. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a. Well, yeah. Tyler is here. Kevin is here, Olivia. What's up? <laughs> Jeff is up in the Jeff Star one. Ed's editing in the ball pit. You know, he's Ooh, doing his editing. thing. Edding. Father Chris Ooh. is on assignment, but we are super glad that you are here with us because we're talking about a very interesting topic that I think, and one very near and dear to our hearts, um, and that is of young adults, the young, the young church, right? Um, and so, you know, I, we were looking at some stats, which are really important to look at, and and. You know, this is one that is super interesting to me. We're talking about when do young people 
leave or disenfranchise themselves or, you know, just get kind of, I would say, like bored with the idea of mm-hmm. religion and, and church. And it says that 90% of American nuns, right? And when we say nuns, N-O-N-E-S, who left religion did so before the age of 29. Mm-hmm. So they did so in their young adult years, 90% of them. Yeah. Now they broke down that 90%, right? 62%, 62% of those who left in their young adult years left before they were even considered young adults, left before they were 18. Mm-hmm. Right, and so my question is, what like mm-hmm. what, what like you know we we've talked about our experience in youth ministry and how that has changed in the you know almost twenty years since I've been in high school, you know um, the this idea of program mm-hmm. you know ministry that's not working. Like what? Why do you think that young people are leaving the church or? stepping away or, or what do you what do you think like we threw around some ideas earlier yeah. and well i mean and there's there's a there's a there's a culture that um young people i i i I'm, i work with high schoolers so i'm sure. used to saying young people but young adults those in their teenage years often compare the church to the classroom yeah um where that authenticity is missed, right. where it's not about so much the relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus Christ as it is fulfilling requirements. Mm. Um, and so, and I, I think that's a very, that's a topic that's very near and dear to my heart whenever it comes to sacramental prep. So right. the idea of confirm, moving confirmation to an earlier time is very interesting to me. And but we got to think about it. And so like my background, what I'm pursuing right now, I'm getting my master's in psychology where we're, we're studying about the holistic person in their development through the eyes of vocation and flourishing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was kind of illuminated to me was this understanding of where they are holistically at that yeah. point in time, especially in the eighth grade, where it, it's at that point that they're starting to question. Mm-hmm. Like they're starting to ask those very difficult questions um, where they don't want to just sit down in a classroom and just learn all of this right. and just be like, all right, that's it. It's like they want to be able to ask those questions. Sure. Um, and some they don't feel like they don't have the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in the culture and, and kind of how they feed off of that, that, that that's a turnoff, like to, yeah. to be very, very, very frank with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, but in Olivia, you can, and both of y'all being mm-hmm. teachers, I mean, maybe y'all can confirm this, but even in the educational setting, um, if they don't have the opportunity to ask questions, but then have them authentically received, right. you know, yeah. that's like, okay, well, they don't care about me and my questions, so why should I care? Right. Yeah, I think one of the worst things you can do as a teacher, as an, as an adult in any child's life, is to say, don't ask that question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, why? Why? You know, yeah. we, we, were talk, we were talking last week with Sarah Denny about theology of the yeah. body. And like, you know, young people shy away from that because adults shy away from that, mm-hmm. you know, or they don't know the answer. Or, you know, instead of saying, that's, that has been one of the, the greatest gifts as a teacher is for me to be able to get comfortable with the idea of saying, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Let's find, let's like, let's look at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, or let me do some research on that and being real with my students yeah. and saying, look, you know because the worst thing you could do is just say well just because yeah Yeah. because that's not enough to to like 
to bite into and to hold on to, I think, as as anybody, especially mm. a young person who's trying to find, you know, find answers to mm. questions they may have. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, like, I told my, my students, and especially, like, my seniors, that I teach a philosophy elective, too, and, like, um, like, you have questions, and that's good. It means your brain is working. Right, yeah. If you don't have questions, concerning. Yeah. So, like, apply, like, the reasoning faculty, which makes you in the image of God. So first of all, give thanks for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, for, and second of all, what possibly would make you think that God doesn't want you to use that reasoning right. capacity to investigate him? Yeah. Yeah. Ask your questions, right? Yeah. And... Even if those questions make you, you know, make someone scratch their head, like Kathleen was saying, or maybe if it's something that's like, you know, it's going to make someone uncomfortable, whatever, mm-hmm. um, ask it anyway, yeah. Yeah. right? And it's important to me, too, that, like, my students, you know, they, they ask me questions, but they also learn how to do their own research, like, responsibly Absolutely. and, like, right. from sources that are valid. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that's part of the process, Right. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's part of, it's, it's a, it's a two way street, right? They need to feel comfortable. Like, and it's like what you're saying, they need to feel like received as a person right? because no one's going to ask a question to someone that they don't feel like respects them. Right. Right. And so like, they need to feel comfortable, but we also need to like, when, if someone does ask a question, even if it's like off book, it's like, I've been wondering this for two years, we can't be like, well, we don't have time for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I've had to, in very rare occasions, be like, okay, we are like so behind right now. Yeah. Can you, I want you to write it down, write it down, yeah. put a timer on it. And in two days, put, do it right now. Yeah. In two days, you're going to remind me about it. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. Yeah. And like, be intentional about it mm-hmm. because they need to know that we're serious about helping them. Right. Even if it's like off book, because right. like Jesus doesn't follow a curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's yes. right. Yeah. He's not confined to class to the classroom walls. No, right. Yeah, and that that gives him such a real, just a real like. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about we've been talking about that the encounter, you know, a real encounter with human beings. That mm. even though we may be somewhat experts in what we do, you know, because it is, you know, we may have a degree in it, um, that there are still things that we're like, oh. And I'd rather give you like it also shows them. I'd rather get you. The, the right information than just spout something off. Yeah. You know? Because that's the worst. I've teach, I've had teachers like that where I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, yeah. S- I smell what you're putting out there and it don't smell right. right. But it also teaches them, especially in theology, this is so important, it also teaches them that there is a correct way to look at it. Right. And it's not just like what I think about it is enough. Yeah. Yes. Or it's not, it's not a quick Google search. Yeah. 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 Because they fall into that trap a lot. Like, well, I think it's this. And it's like, okay, well, you can have that opinion, but there are also authorities to consult and you might be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, this is not the end, people. This is just <laughs> the beginning. And what a what an awesome conversation. I'm I love this. I'm so glad we got on topic on this topic today. But you are listening to Catholic Underground and we will be right back. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, 
and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. That's right. We've got some new jams. Yeah. Welcome back. You are listening to the Catholic Underground. I am your host for the evening. Yeah, you are. Joining me, Tyler, Olivia, Kevin, Jeff, Ed Balls in the Ball Pit, and you, you're here. Welcome. If this is your first time, buckle up, Buttercup. If you're a returning listener, we love you. Buckle up anyway. We've missed you. We're talking tonight about the nuns, especially when it comes to young adults and the young church. You know, we've talked about this a lot. We, you know, Father Chris, Olivia and I, Tyler, have all have some experience with youth ministry, young adult ministry. Um, and it's an important topic because I think that, you know, when we're looking at it, when we look at the church as a whole, we sometimes can get um, really dismayed in the way that it looks. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people, yeah. especially with COVID, there's a lot of talk about what it's gonna look like when we have to come back to church, yeah. you know, and, and who's gonna come back. Uh, but this story of the nuns and of, of the young adult church is not a COVID new story. No. Right. Uh, it's been going on for a long time, and I think that there's been, you know, a, a disconnect between, um, you know, when young people around the age of high school, and now we're finding out a little bit, a little bit earlier, to the time when they want to um, come back and be married in the church or start a family, get their children baptized in the church, um, where do they go, right? And the question that we might want to look at is why they go that way, right? And what can we do? I think this is what's what's most important. How do we get some kind of hope? Is to say, okay here is the the problem here is this the illness how do we fix that like if we went to the doctor's office and we said no my arm is not falling off mm-hmm. it's fine right the doctor would be like you're a big fat liar right so now we know okay we've gone to the doctor's office and we said our arm is falling off the young adult church is not there mm-hmm. <laughs> right um and if the doctor said yes i see this <laughs> I mean that we you, like I would I would ask for my money back and yeah. be like okay right yeah, don't we? we go to the doctor to say okay well now how do we fix this mm-hmm. right. right how do we how do we you know reattach the arm how do we bring these these young people back into the church because I remember as a high school student and I I cannot tell you I've been told a million times since then right that the church the the young people are not the church of tomorrow that they are the church of right now. Absolutely. Right, and I feel like sometimes I didn't, you know, I thought, well, I have to be an old lady with a rosary and nothing else to do, uh, but go sit in the church and pray for six hours a day until I can be, mm-hmm. that's when I'll be active in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and that's, that's not true. So how do we make young people, young adults, um, feel like they're part of the church? And not, not just feel, but, but like, you make are, it so. yeah, yeah. Make it so. Make that a, a reality. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we talked a little bit of before the show about, um, you know, all the way back to, you know, what what all what all are all of those things that contribute to young people, you know, walking away from the church that might need to get a hard look at how do we improve that. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is like a mindset. So I was remembering like with Tyler. Um, a conference that we were at a few Mm -hmm. years ago and there was this was when I worked at the diocese and I was there with like 
guy worked with me and then Tyler. And um, we went to this like breakout session that was specifically on this topic, like the disaffiliation of young adults. Mm -hmm. And we walk in there and it's, you know, blessedly so full. uh, It's full and it's full of like older, maybe like 60s kind of crowd people who work in their parishes and in their, you know, different right kind of capacities in schools and things um and older people and we were the only right like the only young adults in the room right yeah. and i just remember like the entire time there were opportunities where we were like try to engage and like right. ask questions and things but the the whole question of like the young adult question was right. treated as like a problem but it was treated, to my mind at least, as like a problem that we can come at with the same mindset that we've come at with everything else, right? right? Programs and books and resources. Mm-hmm. And at maybe 15, 20 minutes into it, Tyler and Joe and I looked at each other and we were like, do y'all just want to go to adoration? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because essentially, we weren't giving up on it, but essentially sure. we were just like, we're kind of being talked at. Mm-hmm. We're definitely kind of being talked down to. Right. And we just want to go talk to Jesus. Right. So, yeah. and and I, I look at that now as like an analogy for like a lot of the movement, at least of like the young adults who stay within the church, mm-hmm. like yeah. away from the programmatic, yeah. just right. back to basics. Mm-hmm. Like right. we just want to know what it is to pray. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like we want to just, we want to strip down spirituality. Like just give us like meat and potatoes, please. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know? And so I think that part of the answer, like what you're saying is like part of the remedy is going to be like, we have to be willing to just, rethink and rethink the way that we think right because the way that we've been thinking the past 20 30 years is very programmatic right yeah right and i'm not saying that programmatic is problematic in every instance yeah but it we do tend to treat that as like a band-aid right like okay well we need we have this problem here's a multi-step program that we can put in place that will you know fix these have these objectives and fix these problems right Maybe yeah. not though. Yeah. Maybe it won't. And and I love what you said, Olivia, about kind of like stripping it down a little bit because this has kind of been the reality that I've been facing is that because I'm very young in the intellectual formation of my faith. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I've always been involved in my faith ever since I was in high school. Um, and whenever I moved to um, college, I live about two hours away from here and I went to school here in Baton Rouge. And I was the only one from my graduating class that came to school here, so I knew nobody, yeah. um, but was super involved in my faith. And the reason why I am still involved in my faith today is because there was one person who invited me to the Catholic Student Center um, on LSU's campus for which I found my community for, that I was able to right. sustain my faith, if you will. But it was always just, it was more so that. Like, it just stayed stagnant. I love Jesus and I loved going to mass. And of course I had my ups and downs, but it all started by that personal touch yeah. and um, that relationship. And right now, like I said, I'm, I'm very young in the intellectual formation, which I think is very, very important and essential to growing in your faith. Um, but with that said, our faith is so broad. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's so complex, but so beautiful. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's why I love the faith so much is because it is so complex. Yeah. Um, and my, my 
theory, I'm gonna call it a theory, because that's actually what my capstone project is on for my master's is faith sustainability through the yeah. um, age range that we're talking about. And there's a lot of talk about purpose. And there's a lot right. of talk about, you know, in the aspect of vocation and having purpose for your life and seeing that you have person, purpose and that you're valued. Right. And things like the virtues, like the Beatitudes, like ways that we live our lives um, that is influenced by the sacraments um, and the mass and everything. Like just going down to the basics of what does it mean to be good? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, as human beings, as we we're creative, we're, we desire good. Yeah. And if we're able to accompany these young people in knowing what that good is and why is it, why is it good? Like that's what they're desiring, yeah. right? Like, yes, it's important to learn about, you know, canon law and like the way, why we do things and this, that, and the other. But at the root of it, it's about the relationship and how do we get that relationship and that is living by virtue. Yeah. Um, and looking at how God created you and why he created you and you find right. that out through through virtue and through charity and through service. Because yeah. um, that's another big thing is service. Like, young people love service. Yeah. They love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other piece of it is that I'll mention um, is these young people are capable. Like yes. we, like this is something that us, we have talked about before is, um, so in my job as the, with the Franciscan experience, it's a theological summer institute. So we actually teach the young people who come for these five days theology. Right. And it's amazing how much confidence they have yeah. because they doubt themselves on being able to learn and understand and appreciate mm -hmm. the faith. Um, which then holds us, the catechists and the ministers, accountable on making sure that we have that theological foundation mm -hmm. in order to be able to teach that to these young people, which is such a beautiful journey. And mm -hmm. it's not something that we as pastoral leaders should be intimidated by. It, if anything, it's a duty that mm -hmm. we have to be yeah. able, because I can, and I can say this from personal experience, by my own soaking in of all of this knowledge, my own faith has strengthened. Sure. Yeah. And my, my confidence has grown. Um, in the past couple of years. And yeah. so all of those things are kind of just a very bird's eye view of kind of my thoughts on, yeah. on that. And yeah. if I, I mean, and not to get like too saucy with this, but like, <laughs> I love what you're saying about like, it's on you and the other people like who are in specifically in charge of like teaching and forming yes. like yeah. your young people. Like it's incumbent upon you to like educate yourselves and be confident yourselves so that you can teach them. And that's a big part of it. So Absolutely. I think like, I think a big part of the, the movement, the remedy going forward is like, you know, we still have CCD, we still have PSR, whatever you call it, you know, in your, in your home parish or diocese. And we still have the need to educate right. the people who sit in our pews. And so it's on us as catechists, as priests, as whoever to know the faith and sure. to know, well, first of all, to know the person of Jesus, yes, right? Absolutely. And, the, and to know first the faith. And, foremost. And, and so I think that part of that, and this is where I might get a little saucy, is like, you have, we have to be willing to look at ourselves and, and say, do I know the faith? Yeah. And can I teach it? Right. Yeah. And be willing to say, maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Maybe my gifts are best used somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. Maybe so-and-so over here I recognize that you know she is a great teacher right. for PSR, and I want to I want to let her take over, and I want to go do this other thing, right. and still serve the church, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, like we have hearts for service, and that's right. beautiful. It's very Christ-like, but being but looking at like 
sometimes maybe we get in our own way. Sure. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and young people today, all of us have access to more information than we've oh, ever had. Yes. So it's no longer like you know. And, and you and I, we have all we have all grown up with some some awesome leaders in youth ministry and PSR and CCD, um, and those like those people are great. But I think, and I can speak to this as a teacher, uh, you know, as someone who teaches religion, even in some schools, that position is seen as if you're a good person, yeah, you mm. can teach religion. Yes, and it's like oh, <laughs> yes. that's not, like <laughs> no. oh no, like yes. And then, and then, and then, yes. And and I think that you know that people can get into that position and 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 I've seen some people get in that position and then work their tail off to educate themselves. Yeah. But you, I mean, you, our faith is not just love Jesus and it'll all be okay. Right. You know, they're they're to an extent, yeah. but you have to be able to provide the you know we, after we talked about this a million times. We're a headline generation. Mm -hmm. They read the headline and then they go, "I heard this." And if yeah. you mm -hmm. if you have, you know, there's only so much that you can say. Let's learn that together. At yeah. some point, you've got to be able. If you to can't say, break it down in like five minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. they're gone. They're done. They're like, "Watch well, you," you know. And then yeah. you lose credibility. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that you know, like you would, and this is a challenge to people who are in a, in administrative positions, mm -hmm. like you would never ask me to teach math because I don't have a math degree. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, necessarily everyone has to have a degree, but, you know, religion teachers, in, in my humble opinion, religion, you know, those who provide education in the faith should have some kind of training. Should have a, yeah. Yeah, should have you know? a degree. And or be working towards it or, you know, like, be in that realm because it's, yeah. it's that important, I Absolutely. think. Because yeah. otherwise it's just, you know, it's no, just yeah. a very Because I would good, be willing to bet that some of the reasons why people leave the church is because they've been fed misinformation. Right. Like it, it, it isn't the fullness of the truth that yeah. what the church offers. Right. Well, how many times do you encounter like, well, I had a teacher once who said this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, you have to very kindly, you know, because yeah. you don't know who they're talking about. Sure. You have to very and, kindly and you know how, say how like they, how they interpreted it. Exactly. Because yeah. yeah. they, they might have misheard. Sure. There's so many times where people quote me back to me and I'm like, I did not say yeah. that because uh, I know myself <laughs> and I did not say that. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I could tell you about a game of telephone they played the other day. But yeah, yeah so like you don't need to take care of everything with charity, but at the same time, yeah. you having to correct just vast misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it is something that, you know, they they all kind of agree that they heard from the same teacher right. and it's like, okay, yeah. well, the, the reality is that's not correct, right. but here's what is. Yeah. yeah. And, and I agree with you that, you know, I mean, theology is an academic discipline. Yeah. And furthermore, you know, Aristotle and Aquinas agreed that it's the highest of the sciences right. because mm -hmm. it's the, the, the intellectual discipline, the, the, the sciencia, the, the, the type of wisdom that contemplates the things of God. Right. So yeah. there is no higher. Right. And like, that's something that you need education in. Yeah. Right. Well, and I do want to offer hope here because... <laughs> A lot of the something else that we talked about, too, is that we feel like a lot of young people just lack that confidence. And I kind of mentioned that right. earlier, but even in our catechist. Yeah. Right. Like if so, if you're out there listening and you're a catechist and you feel like you can't consume the vast amount of knowledge, just start somewhere, yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I, too, suffer from that now, suffer with that now. Like there's just so much like, where do I even begin? Right. Like yeah. just if anything, start with the Eucharist. Yeah. Like if I were to give you one thing, start with the Eucharist. But also 
this I get I'm gonna follow the saucy line sure. um, but like you know it takes a lot of humility right it takes a lot of humility you kind of have to let your pride go to know like you're not gonna know everything right. and sometimes you're gonna be challenged and it's okay to say I don't know right. but the beauty of the church is that they have the things in possession to provide right. for you the answers but seeking out your priests seeking out those who may be more theologically right. trained than you are like those sources are out there we just have to make sure to kind of <laughs> get our yeah. rear ends up to actually do the work to do it yeah. because at the end of the day it's going to be fruitful all over yeah and none of this is to say that if you don't have a degree in theology then you don't know you know like none of that is to <laughs> yeah. say here i am yeah, yeah. I, absolutely I, i'll be the first one to admit academically my my faith is not an academic faith i struggle with it a lot but i but i know the like the importance of yeah. of my position and i think too that the church maybe um, might, you know, as we're looking at, you know, what are we offering people? Um, is are we offering, you know, adults um, opportunities to to learn more mm -hmm. about their faith, or yeah. do you feel like yeah. as an adult that you should know what you don't know? You know what right. I mean? Right. And so, you know, if you look at, we can look at the pandemic, you know, but it's been happening before that. Um, many, many people. Uh, Catholic speakers, priests, bishops, you know, the Pope himself are on social media. And they're saying, like, you know, I, I'm thinking of a priest that we have down in, uh, in Homo Thibodeau here in Louisiana mm -hmm. who did a, a whole series on why do we do that? Yeah. You know? yeah. And start with that. Like, what are the questions that you have yourself? You know, I know that, you know, the other day I was speaking to some students about the creed. And I was like, did you ever realize that you know where does jesus go when he right when mm -hmm. he rises from the dead and they're like heaven i'm like nah -uh. nope and they're like Other way and you can see it they were like mm. i'm like yeah you know don't you you've heard it <laughs> yeah you heard it where did it go and they're like he went to hell and i'm like okay how many times have you heard that have you ever thought about that yeah. and they're like mm. i'm like no we just we just we, gloss yeah. over that you know and so in your everyday life as an adult catholic you know start taking note of what you don't know mm -hmm. why do we why do we genuflect that's you know mm. and then there's a million and one good resources out there now the trick is to find a good resource yes right um and and we here at the catholic underground can can you know give we, you all kinds we of can help you with there. that yeah but the important part now is to look at you know at how we as adults because i'm a this is another question i always have when people are like oh you're a young adult I'm like, boo, I'm, I'm 34 years old. When do I get to just be an adult? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, what, what is my, what, what is that? And so what I'm thinking, and, and let me, you know, let me hear your thoughts on this. When we're talking earlier about how we kind of section people off. You're, you're a mm -hmm. member of this part of the church and you're a member of that part. You look at the, any kind of, you know, church's uh, bulletin, they have all kinds of different ministries yeah. which are great right but i wonder what a what a parish would look like if we just did away with all like age specific ministries mm -hmm. and just like invited people to like encounter the church yeah mm -hmm. you know like i remember when i was in new orleans we did a, a 33 days to morning glory and it was it, it wasn't advertised to anybody in general me and my friend jamie who's been on the show before we were like the youngest by probably 80 years. Yeah. <laughs> no lie. Like we, you know, and, and it was, I was like, man, why is, why isn't there nobody else here? Because it wasn't specific. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I'm, I mean, I've done things like that before, like when you know when I had time, RIP. Um, <laughs> but like, I I did like the baking society, sure. like mm-hmm. at church, yeah. like to bake for you know, yeah, whatever, like first communion things like that, and then like the altar society, like um, clean on mm, yeah. like a Saturday a month. And um, and I want to get back into those things, but yeah, like you you show up to those things and like yeah. it is very clear that like we have yeah. a good 40, 50 year age gap, and yeah. like there is we have to work sometimes for some conversation. Right. But at the same time, we also have a lot in common because number one, you know, we're both parishioners here. We both love Jesus. We can start there. Yeah. Um, but it, it's I think it's something where like we kind of have to stop pretending that like especially as like like what you're saying like we need to be okay with like shaving off the young part of young Mm, adults and just embrace the adult part and realize that like not everything is going to be like like handcrafted like for me you know and like personal invitation with your name on it to every church event yes and And i think that we as a young adults as a whole have like we expect that oh well this must be catered to moi you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like no boo like you you, no one invited me to go here (laughs) this is the the invite in the bulletin is to you yeah like the Mm -hmm. the announcement at church is to you it's not you know now everybody you know everybody who's not young adults y'all don't listen because this isn't for y'all you i'm speaking to you no it's like be a i think that's the encouragement to young adults and young people Mm -hmm. is I think that you know the older the older generations would die of shock if high schoolers just showed up, you know, oh, to be a part yes. of the altar society. Yes. They would because that's how it should be. Yeah, you know, that's how it should be. And and you know, we can talk about how young people don't have time, and you know, they're doing a million and one other things, and some of that, you know, is is fostered, you know, in, in the home and that kind of thing. But you know, dude, just like being. Be a part of the church. Mm-hmm. Your ba- your baptism and your confirmation are your invitation. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you are initiated into the church. Come on. Yeah, like, and take initiative. Yeah. And, yeah, and young people like like that's that's it. Like be be, you know, stop being young adults. Be adults mm-hmm. and just be a part of the church. I think that yeah. would be. Yeah. And parishes make room. Yeah. Pa- yes. Parish. I was literally about to go along that same route. Like parishes, like the adults, especially in the parishes, like welcome them right, right, right? right like don't like don't make it a culture shock welcome them in because that is what the church is like right. that's what jesus welcomes them to is that the relationship and it's the people that make up the church that's so beautiful that like we have the biggest impact on one another yeah. and so yes young adults adults take initiative because that's the biggest thing that i see nowadays especially in the in, in young people is just this lack of initiative in what should be the most important thing for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, and there's no time to waste. And there's no time to waste. Um, and like, we have many a talks about, with like, especially with seniors as they're going off to college and talking about, you know, getting involved in your campus ministry and this, that, and the other. Y'all, I can guarantee you every single college campus has some sort of welcome right. where their campus ministry is there. Go up and talk to them. Like, that. Like right. that's going to be your most authentic community that you're ever going to find. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding that community to help you um, is going to be so important. Yeah. Yeah, at the same time, too, like, don't forget about, don't move from one church to another and forget about your home, you know, your mm-hmm. home church. I think a lot of a lot of times as adults, we send our young people off to college hoping they'll find a college ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we hope that they find a young adult ministry and we're like, why don't they just find a ministry in the church? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, 
uh, so ugh, young adults you're out there we love you we miss you we're coming to find you but what you found is that part of the show that we like to call the CU pick of the week booyah and to start off we're gonna go to our good friend Tyler what you got for us this week so everyone likes a good game night right I do. like oh yeah we like had get a game together night today with my mom. well Aww. so i was very fortunate to gather amongst friends um this past friday we we're celebrating the end of the school year and we had ourselves a little game night and this particular game may have been out for a while but i just um i think i knew about it but i just um played it for the first time and that is the um catholic card game Ooh, um yes. So you can you can compare it to like apples to apples or another card game of similar that I will not name on the show. Um, And so it's basically like it's (laughs) you have a prompt card and then you have seven cards in your hands. You kind of match it and it can be funny, it can be serious, whatever. So I have a good friend of mine who um, is a national speaker and she mentioned the Catholic card game on the talk and she said um, it's like the that other card game but for people who still want to go to heaven. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. check it out. It's a yellow box Catholic card game. Yes, yeah. indeed. I know many, many a young adult yes. have enjoyed this game. It is good. And there's expansion packs, like expansion catching packs. foxes. There's is oh, really yeah, they funny. have um, like little bits to catching foxes, pints with Aquinas, all yeah, of that. Excellent. Wow. Very good. Thank you. All right, Olivia. You're Wait, up next. My pick of the week is um, an EP by Mumford and Sons called Johannesburg. Yep. Um, which, like, came out in 2016 but just for some reason never was on my radar all right um but basically when they did a tour through south south africa they recorded this ep i think it's like five songs with um uh let's see it's a south african pop trio called beatenberg um but specifically featuring a, a single singer baba mall and let me tell you uh my friend Haley sent me one of their songs yesterday and i've listened to the whole ep like 15 times since then Mm. it is so good yeah Mm. like it's a it's it's still mumford so like the folk kind of neo-folk style but like the mix of styles with like this very south african like the drums and things like that yeah oh my gosh (laughs) it is so good so i like try um let's see there there will be time it's the first track on the on the ep like listen to that one, let it wash over you and mm. like change your perspective on what music should be. And then listen to it again and then go the whole way through the EP and yeah, let us know what you think. Mm. Thanks, Challenge. Okay. Love it, I'm gonna stick with the music theme. Uh, my favorite band, which, oh my gosh, I love them so much. Need to Breathe. Uh, <laughs> like this has been the hardest thing of like the, the, the pandemic. I could, I could sit in my yeah. little, you know, hobbit hole for years. But I've not been able to go see Need to Breathe in concert. And they have just announced that in the fall, well, they've just released also a single called uh, Into the Mystery. And then they had this whole like mysterious, like they wouldn't tell anybody what it was all about. Everybody's like, what's going on? What are they doing? They spent like nine months. They gave themselves like a couple of months. I don't know how many. Uh, But they gave themselves a couple of months. They locked themselves. After they were tested for COVID, they locked themselves in a house and recorded... um, a, an album and now they're going on tour with switchfoot now if you're a young wow. adult you know switchfoot okay oh, wow so in the fall they will be uh launching a tour tickets go on sale tomorrow to insiders if you are one 
me that would be me um and so if anybody wants to go they're going to be all over the place it's going to be awesome i'm super excited to see music starting to come back yes. like these you know i'm not a huge concert goer i don't just go to concerts for funsies um there are specific people that i will travel around the world to see need to breathe Garth Brooks, here's looking at you. Oh. Mm. I'll go what? anywhere. Same. Uh, but that's what I'm. I'm super excited to see that that come about, and you know, and the music that is going to come out of this, you know, this last year, mm-hmm. and people being holed up and really having to think about life. Stoked. So need to breathe into the mystery. There it is, Jeff. We did it. We <laughs> did it. We did it. We couldn't do it with people without people. Like our listeners. Yeah, that's true. And as always, the Catholic Underground is made possible by viewers, listeners, prayer warriors, and benefactors just like you. So become an official undergrounder today by going to catholicundergroundcom donate. You can also help us out by letting others know about us. Remember to like us, heart us, star us on your platform of choice. And if you have the opportunity to leave a review, we appreciate your kind words. Yes, indeed. Our panelists this week have been Olivia Galino at the.real.omg on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks, Olivia. Thank you. We have also had Tyler Trahan. <laughs> Tyler, what is, your, what is your handle? At Tyler J. Trahan. Oh. T-R-A-H-A-N. Very good. Excellent. Good to be with you. It's always good to be here. Such a joy. Yes, indeed. As well as, you know, I'm Jeff Blackwell, our technical director at Jeff Blackwellis. On all the things. You're so good. It's a privilege. Thank you. Um, we've also had Ed Ball as our video director. He's just in the ball pit. Jim Hayes, our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And you know me. I'm not Father Chris. I'm Kathleen Lee. <laughs> I am found at Kaylee626 on Instagram. I think you'll find us there. You've been listening to the Catholic Underground, cutting through the noise so you can find that still small voice. And we'll see you next time.